So I was being introduced to someone the other day. Well, it was sort of in, in a, you know, a lot of people in a room and, yeah. you know, there was a work experience person there hmm. and, uh, you know, we we're trying to explain what people did. And um, when he got to me, someone said to me, uh, it's a lovely girl, just turned and said to me and she said, well, Nick works for us and that's just how it is. <laughs> sums it up uh, yeah I thought he just turns up but he just you know he's here and, no, uh, no one's really sure why no it's like suffering um, yeah, it's just there's how no it is there's, there's no there's answer there's no answer to it um, I quite liked it really because I, it, it, I'm turning into one of life's great mysteries Welcome, everyone, to episode 248. Mm. That's a lot of episodes, isn't it? Well, it's one uh, less than it should be, in fact. It's because 240... This should be 249. Yes, yes. But somebody, with quarter of an hour to go last week, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, well, yes, I'm sorry about that. Um, (laughs) I I should finish the introduction first, I suppose. Episode 248 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page. There's Joe. Dave has got that out of the way. Thank you. Uh, We're here, and that's just how it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do apologise for last week. Things just, you know, like you thought you were going to have time to do it, and I thought I was going to have time to do everything, and I just got to the end of the day, and everything was getting absolutely on top of me. And I thought, I've got to jettison something not very important. Oh, thank you. I, I know, talking to Joe, <laughs> it's got to go. No, I, I'm sorry, listener. Um, it just got a bit, yeah, I just couldn't fit it in, really. Listener singular, because there is just one left now. <laughs> There's Yeah, the, the other 16 have got fed up and gone. Exactly. Of course mm. they have. Who mm. can blame them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, do apologise, but we're back. Well, we're back. It, it's great to be back. And and how mm. are you? Cause didn't you? Didn't you have to go on a lovely retreat or something? Well, it mm, mm, well, it's it was a sort of a, a it was a staff do thing. It was a it was a okay. all staff kind of. It's not what I would call retreat. It's more conference kind of thing, really. Okay. Um, a two day business meeting. <laughs> no, they're very good. They give you yeah. lots of time for relaxation, lots of time just for talking to each other. It's very very good like that. And uh, you know, good good things to chew on. Um, prayer what like a stuff. bone or something? <laughs> yes, that kind of stuff. I mean, I went up to um, I went up to where were we uh, in in Derbyshire? We were at Swanwick. Do you remember the oh, conference yeah. centre at Swanwick? We used to perform there, didn't we? We I'm we sure we've done that. stuff there. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice relaxing time. And then on the way back, the coach broke down. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, it, it actually broke down twice and so <laughs> we never actually made it back home on the coach it you know it took six hours that journey back i mean oh no could have yeah. gone to new york <laughs> i'm sorry yeah so anyway it, that rather undid some of the good of the retreat but anyway no it was nice it was a nice time uh, it's good Excellent. and i uh, had a nice weekend um i'm trying to sort of enjoy things a bit um try and relax but um yeah well it's quite a tense season for you because the cricket's on as well yeah yeah i don't Mm. even want to think about it no no exactly (laughs) Uh, it's too much um so yeah did that uh and yeah that's about it really i've just been trying to recover from a very very busy week well listen it's lovely to have you back and welcome and thank you thank you 
Uh, well, and, and how are you? How are you, my friend? Yeah, good, good. Uh, lovely weekend with the kids a couple of weekends ago. Uh, last weekend, Rachel and I went to see Van Gogh, bless him, alive. Is he? At least that's what the exhibition... Well, that's what the exhibition was called. He's getting on a bit, isn't it he? Was, he is. It was quite immersive. There were lots of screens and lots of pictures and it was very beautiful and there was lovely music playing and we really, really enjoyed it. Good, yeah. And, uh, yeah... It's quite a tragic story, is life, isn't it? Mm, it is, it yeah, is sad. It is very sad. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I've been catching up with some friends as well. So, yeah, all, all is well, I think, really. Yeah. So thank great. you. Yeah. And but what's been great is uh, lots of feedback, lots and lots of feedback to the question of uh, what are your we threw out the question? What are your sacred places? What are your holy places? What? what works for you in terms of connection with the divine. And we've had mm. quite a lot of feedback in. So shall we? We should crack on, really. Well, we? OK. So Peter sent in a lovely recording of a chiff chaff and a black cap duetting together. Fantastic. It's great. Two old, two old crooners together. In fact, why don't we put it in? Yeah, OK. OK, so here, here you go. Here's a black cap and a chiff chaff. So there you go. And Nick, you are a very childish man. I don't know whether anyone's ever told you, but it's not funny and it's not clever. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, see, I, I challenge that. I think it is funny and it's not easy putting an elephant on every recording that you send me. Anyway, but the point is this. After that, Peter said, he said, after listening to this week's episode and experiencing God in and through nature, thought you might enjoy this exuberant morning melody of Chiff Chef and Black Cat. We did. He says, on the earlier part of the episode of the multiple ways of imagining God, I was really struck by your position of God as the ground of our being, yet at the same time wanting a personal response slash relationship. He said, that reminded me of some words of Rowan Williams. God and it's and this is the quote God is first and foremost that depth around all things and beyond all things into which when I pray I try to sink but God is also the activity that comes to me out of that depth tells me I'm loved that opens up a future for me that offers transformations I can't imagine very much a mystery but also very much a presence very much a person and then Mick says, quite the paradox, which led me as a scientist to think about light. We know that light has a dual function. It is both a wave with different colours of light having defined wavelengths and a particle, photons of energy with different colours of light having different energies. Not sure that that is an analogy for the divine, but it shows that things are not necessarily singular. Every blessing to you both. So there we are. We're wrestling with that whole imminence, transcendence nature of god yeah. aren't we yeah it's great i do i do like that rowan williams quote and i do like that yeah. sort of the conclusion of it very very what's it very much a mystery very much a presence very much a person yeah i think that's that's, I, a, that's yeah. a great summary of god really it really is and a great summary of the last podcast where uh, mm. you know we were saying perhaps yeah. it's all these things and more and so we could have said it a lot quicker is what you're saying there uh, if we were rowan williams it turns out who's not known for his brevity it has to be said he doesn't say things very quickly i've sat in uh, sermons yes from him. but good old rowan for being nice and pithy 
Uh, we, <laughs> we love... Old Pithy Williams, as he <laughs> yeah. was known. As, as he's known to us now. <laughs> Bishop of Pith. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> Stop it. Mim wrote in and says, Hi, Nick and Joe. Last week, I went to the UK's smallest church, the ah. Holy Well and Chapel of St Trillo, whilst out on the beach. Uh, it still have... It still has active services and fits six people in. I'm sure Nick has been there. Have you? Have you been there? No, I haven't. No. Okay. I've I've not really heard of it. I thought that smallest Mm. church was in Colborne in uh, North Somerset. But, you know, what do I know? Nope. Nothing about churches, obviously. No. Anyway, she says this. It made me think of Nick and I commented to my friend that he'd love it. And as I walked out, I saw a gentleman who looked like Nick and had a flat cap on. I'm sure 99% from his voice that it wasn't him, but it did make me chuckle. Chuckle. Not chuckle. Chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) Made you shuffle. Um, I can confirm, Mim, it was not me. Uh, and also, I'm very interested in that church. St. Trillo, isn't it? Wasn't it a scrubbing yeah. brush? Oh, no, it was Brillo. That's Brillo. Yeah. St. <laughs> yeah. Trillo, I don't know the hymn. There's so many um, obscure Cornish yeah. saints. One of my favourite is St. Treacle. St. Treacle. <laughs> yeah, I think they think it's a sort of derivation of Thecla or something like okay. that. Because uh, Treacle actually meant balm, it meant soothing, you know, oh, okay. ointment, kind of. That's where we oh. get the word from. But I love St. Treacle. But anyway, St. Mm. Trillo and St. Treacle would make a great pair. Thank you, Mim. And then we, we had one in from Vicky, again, responding to this whole idea of holy and sacred places. And she said, places of holy ground. She said, often they are concrete places, but they are predominantly in my memory. While I'm able to revisit the actual places, they seem to be more powerful when I revisit the places in my memory. So that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. And then she talks about some of them. Uh, the train me and my husband met in. The water, the bathtub my son was born in the Tennyson down walk on the Isle of Wight. And then she says, the Blasenwald. I hope I've said that right. Blasenwald? Anyway, it's a small forest where I grew up. I built many fairy houses there as a child, went mushroom picking with my family, was taught so many things about different plants and nature by my mother. I did a lot of thinking there. It's quite literally a place I grew up in and a place that has grown with me. And then she says, the botanical garden in Bern. We have both grieved the loss of one of our children and celebrated Mm. the news that the one growing at the moment is doing well from what can be told. And then she says more so moments or states of being rather than spaces. These can be holy too. So she mentions every time I pick my son up from his nap, it's like seeing him for the first time again every time. Mm. And then she says painting while listening to music, preferably when it's already dark outside. And then she says that's a big one for her. As ever, thanks for the podcast. I'm grateful to you two. And that's from Vicky. So that's a really lovely idea, isn't it, of memory? I, I really love that. I love both of those bits. I love mm. the idea of um, memory as sacred space and also of, of moments or states of mm. being. Because I think I think there's a sort of intentionality about it in terms of mm. keeping hold of these things. Um, you know, I don't know how she does that, whether she's sort of written down or whether she has accounts or whether she is so vivid in her mind she doesn't need to do that. But but I, I, I think it, the, it's, it's just wonderful. Firstly, the sort of the memories... There's a sense of which, you know, you can um, raise these things up because you can be so thankful for them. There are moments of supreme thankfulness and and, uh, 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 being in in those places. And then the bit about events or um, states of being. What I love about that is the idea of of going into something that you know is sacred almost. Yeah. 
And I wondered, I, I began to think to myself, what would I say? What moments in my life, what moments in my life tomorrow or what, or mm. next day or whatever, could I enter with that sense of entering holy ground? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I think this is really interesting conversation because, you know, so often we talk about there's no sacred secular divide. All of life is holy. But actually, and I think that's absolutely true, by the way, but but actually also I think it's really helpful to sort of... Um, sacralize if that's the right word just ordinary moments of life and that's what that email sort of speaks to me of you know the precious moment of of the child being woken from a nap and the or, you know mm. whatever it is bath times or you know whatever those sort of daily rituals are to remember they're really powerfully sacred seems like a really good idea yeah and of course they they, they bring the the sense of holy into everyday life because they are everyday things yeah or they can be yeah wasn't that Brother Andrew's jam with the whole... Was it Brother Andrew? You know, with the washing the dishes and... Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was... I, I get confused which brother of mine he is. But yes. Well, you've got so many. Um, <laughs> brother Lawrence, whose real name I think was Nicholas. I'm just saying that. Okay. Or, or possibly Trillo. I don't know. <laughs> Treat him well. He is my brother. <laughs> is he heavy? <laughs> <laughs> no, he ain't heavy. <laughs> what is wrong with you today, anyway? I'm uh, tired and I'm just stupid. <laughs> Mick wrote a particularly non-pithy email. Uh, Mick, your attitude's been noted, but an exceptionally good email. I haven't got time to read all of it, but um, but he, 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 he was saying some wonderful things about, you know, discovering the divine in nature and he said how to get the most from this experience of discovering god and um, he says i think you wisely pointed to the importance of paying attention but how do you do this so here's some ideas and he said one open your eyes go slowly look up look down allow yourself to be distracted allow yourself to change your route plan explore find new routes and places take off your shoes so this is just in nature mm. and then he says vary the diet for example different locations sea cliffs dunes mountains lakes rivers forests go and i love this one go in winter spring summer autumn go pre-dawn Go in the heat of the day. Go at sunset. Go in the middle of the night. Befriend the stars. Go in the sunshine. Go in the rain. Go in the storm. Go in the frost, in the snow, in the fog. Travel north and south. Find the desert and the waterfall. Fly with the gannets and the swallows. Explore in different ways. Walking, cycling, climbing, sailing and swimming. Sit outside and wait. In the garden. On the shore. In the wood. By the river. Listen enjoy he says get to know your locality it's always got more to offer befriend the wild recognize the beasts as your brothers and the good earth as your mother lovely that's good mick thank you mm. just uh, one good bit from a very good email it has to be said but not a pithy email listeners it, it helps us when it's pithy it does doesn't it, it does it, it does, does. it yeah. does I'm not even going to go back there. No, but I'm 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 not rebuking you, Mick. In any way, it's brilliant. It's just I I, I would have shared more. Anyway, Audrey, uh, she said this. Hi, Joe and Nick. You asked what places are sacred for you, and she says this. For me, it is our garden. I walk with God, and we chat as we notice together. I have always chatted with God. That is what prayer is for me. Not a formal religious thing. Just being together, listening to one another, God and me, nurturing the garden is my act of worship. 
listening to birdsong in dappled sunlight under tree branches, noticing the tiny details on a leaf and seeing the beautiful flowers in the borders. In the garden, I ranted to God uh, on day one of lockdown, so upset that the grandchildren's toys would sit unused. I learned to give time and loving intention instead to our garden, to share the wonder of tending with the Creator. Removing ground elder made space for wooden enemies to flourish and taught me that often you have to dig repeatedly over the same ground to make progress. I learned the satisfaction of eating vegetables I'd grown from seed, knowing that I had not created, yet I had enabled life to be. I was encouraged that I shared in the work of growth with the original gardener. I feel joy and wonder at what there is in our small garden. The trees, flowers, fruit and vegetables, as well as the birds, frogs and all the various wildlife, microscopic and large, all have their place and their value. It is not perfect. Plants fail to thrive while others take over. I had to rethink one border this spring when a clematis died, leaving an unsightly bare fence. Later I realised honeysuckle and poppies were able to grow in the empty space. Often our losses, though ugly and painful, provide new opportunities. I sometimes look through the window and see a mess. I think I need to go and tidy up, put order back. Yet when I go out, I notice new buds or the re-emergence of a plant I'd forgotten was there or I find ladybirds eating aphids. By being in it, noticing more intimately, I realise that what seemed like mess is actually a masterpiece in progress. I think God sees my life like that. For me, the garden is my sacred space where I feel a sense of harmony with the creator and creation. Thanks for the podcast, Audrey. See, that's pretty beautiful, isn't it? That's fantastic, isn't it? I think we should just give up now. Yeah. Yeah, It's just... Hand it over to Audrey and move on, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's lovely, Audrey. And, you know, I, it reminds me of when I was in therapy, one of my many sessions in therapy, uh, not with you on this occasion. <laughs> so, no, no. And, and, and I found the metaphor of my life as a garden really helpful, just recognising mm. there are bits that need tending, there are bits I can just afford to let go of, there are other bits that are, are really wild but they're not doing any harm and there are other really harmful bits that you know need sorting out and i just find that whole metaphor really uh really helpful and uh, and audrey's email reminded me of that so thank you well i don't think it's a coincidence that the first site the first holy space and uh, uh, the first terrestrial holy space in the bible is a garden you know yeah. that's the first thing gardens feature prominently throughout and gardening metaphors and you know, when when the prophets talk about images of a fulfilled life, they're sitting essentially in a garden. You know, every man with his own vine, or every person yeah. with their their pomegranates hanging out. Or oh yes, you know, oh, you've horrible. got to have that. I know. <laughs> well, no, that's blessedness. That's uh, fruitfulness. I, I always remember when we were, when we used to do uh, a certain well-known uh, Christian conference way back in the eighties, uh, and. Um, we were on the youth team, Claire and I together. I don't know if you were ever on the youth team. We were, I was anyway. on the youth team. It was and it was, it, it was the heyday of spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah. And uh, I used to march around having spiritual warfare everywhere. And <laughs> one day Claire said to me, she said, they keep on about spiritual warfare. Why don't anyone ever talk about spiritual gardening? Uh, you know, because there's, <laughs> there's much more about gardening and farming in the Bible than there is warfare. Oh, Jesus talks about it more. Why yeah. don't we do that? But nobody ever goes does spiritual gardening. They're all out busy with their swords, being all macho. It doesn't sound as exotic or as exciting, does it, gardening, than warfare. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, not 
onward Christian gardeners, sort the weeds out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, marching with our fork. You know, it's, it, it, I think um, there's something very profound about the image and the metaphor and the, the, the need for this. It, it, it runs throughout scripture, actually. You know, that um, it, Jesus was mistaken for the gardener in his resurrection. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there's, there's this constant thing about growth and uh, and the 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 almost the sort of prophetic nature of of what happens to a seed in the soil. I think it's very rich. Yeah. Someone should write a book about it. Yes, they should. Anyway, right. Let's just do one more, shall we? Why not? This is this is from Gary. Uh, Gary says this. He says. Hi, guys. I've really been enjoying your musings the past few weeks. I wanted to chime in about sacred places. He says, as an introvert, I've always been drawn to quieter places in nature, uh, which is still true. But the older I get, the more I would have to say my workplace is my sacred space now. I work in a busy intensive care hospital unit. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I used to dread going to work at times. As a man in my 50s, I think I'm increasingly feeling my own mortality and consequently small mundane human interactions feel more sacred and precious. The longer you do something like Nick's writing and speaking or work with the persecuted church or Joe's celebrant work, the more competent you become. You begin to pick up on the most subtle cues. You learn when and how to use humour in the midst of tragedy, for example. Like Brother Lawrence practising the presence of God amidst the pots and pans. There he is, Brother Lawrence. Is. Thank you. There we are. The sacred is found by a shift in perspective in the same frustrating mundane circumstances. I've been going to the park lately and playing pick-up basketball with whoever is there. I think sport is also a sacred space for me where strangers can immediately become friends through the shared language of that sport. Once again, the sacred is in the human interaction for me. William James summed it up for me when he said, I am done with great things and big things, great institutions and big success. And I am for the tiny, invisible, molecular moral forces that work from individual to individual creeping through the crannies of the world like so many rootlets or like the capillary oozing of water, yet, which if you give them time, will rend the hardest monuments of man's pride. He said, thank you for the podcast. It's very helpful. And that's from Gary. Well, thank you very much, Gary. That's another really great insight, isn't it? It is. It's, it's wonderful. A fantastic quote at the end as well from William James there as well. The invisible molecular moral forces that work from individual to individual. And again, it's just, you know, it seems that we all hunger for this spirituality that once upon a time felt so disconnected and separate from our lives to a spirituality that infuses absolutely every bit of our lives. And, um, that's what I'm getting from all these emails that are coming in. We've had many more emails. Sorry if we haven't mentioned yours. Uh, they've been brilliant. I think we're going to come back to some of them next week because these ones have focused specifically on finding God in nature, but people have other sacred spaces as well. So we, we, we'll talk about uh, some of those next week, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I think with this one, what's really uh, struck me about it is that thing about interaction with mm. with people um and i wonder whether there's something very important there that a sacred space is is a place of interaction it's not a place of passivity necessarily mm. you know it's, it's not like you sit there and have stuff done to you i suppose you might have that but yeah. but you know like when uh, when uh, audrey was talking about her garden she's talking about talking to god chatting to yeah. god yeah. um 
Gary is talking about interaction with people playing sport. You, I think, we talked when we talked about it originally. We we're talking about interaction with each other, talking to friends, and that mm. being a really deep, mm. sacred moment. Yeah. So th- there's something about that presence of another person, whether that's Rowan Williams' mystery slash presence, but definitely a person, you know, in terms of God. Yeah. Or whether that's the the patience that Gary deals with, the 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 son that mm. uh, I can't remember who it was picks up. You yeah. know, uh, oh, I'm sorry for I'm getting names because I'm so tired. But but <laughs> look, it, it it I think this has really hit me. There's something in the need for another presence in that sacred space. That that's what makes it a sacred space. Yeah, and that being might look like a person, but the being could be a creature or it could be the sea or the stones, or the rocks even. It's, you know, they have their own way of being, don't they? Well, I think the being is always divine. This is the always, ground of know, being. We're back the there The being again. is always yeah. the divine. And yeah. or the being is God or Christ. or It's it coming yeah. through people. I, you know, that's one. Of, and again, to quote Rowan Williams, God has given us responsibility for his reputation. And, you yeah. know, he we we encounter God and Jesus through each other. Yeah. Um. And so that's the root of it all. But, yeah, it's it's always mediated through the presence of another, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, powerful. Well, thank you. I can, may I say to the dear listeners, thank you. You have you've seem to have excelled yourselves this week with just fabulous emails and insights. They're really helpful to me. So I hope they're all helpful to all of you as well, those of you that are left listening. Uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone listening? I, no, of course they are, because it's been good content this week. Because it's been true. not much of yes. us, and there'll be good content next week because we've got some more absolute corkers of emails to get through. So thank you. Keep them coming in, folks. We we love it, and and we're learning. So thank you so much to you all um, for for contributing and making this podcast so much better than it would be if you didn't. Yeah. So I think next week, as you said, we're going to pick up on this theme again. We had quite a lot in. Um, around music yeah so we're going to sort of group those together and think about the the role of music and we might broaden it out and 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 think perhaps about the you know how we respond to music in terms of spiritual uh, formation or praying or whatever its role there again something absolutely basic and fundamental to human beings um you know there's there's some thoughts i believe that the first essential communication between humans was some kind of song is there? Rather than just mm. grunting. Mm. Maybe the grunting was the song, if you've ever heard Tom Waits. It's the same <laughs> thing. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, we're going to pick up on that, I think, next week. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's just... I, actually, there was a lot of kindness on, on uh, online for you, but concern oh, was there? that there wasn't a... People are lovely. People are just kind and lovely. So thank you. And thank you for listening in as there's, you know, these two old blokes try and work out what it means to, you know, have a spirituality and to follow Christ um, in the 21st century. We're working it out as we go along, but we are certainly helped by all of you. So thank you for being part of this community. Indeed. And we will be back next week. And uh, that, in fact, is just how it is. Yes, it is. <laughs>